listening to the Rude Horror Podcast with your host, Marcus Rude. Hello everybody, Um, welcome to the Rude Horror Podcast. This is our very first episode and um, just want to clarify, this is not going to be just about movies, but uh, this first episode we are going to talk about Lucio Fulci's Enigma from 1987. So this first episode we will be talking about a horror movie. But just want to clarify that this podcast is not going to be just about horror movies. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff that's horror related. So, before we dive deep into what is Enigma, I just wanted to mention a couple of things that are going to be going on around my local area, which is the Quad Cities so if you're from around this area and you like horror-related stuff, you might want to uh, check this out. All Senses, Wake Brewing, Ragged Records, and Music Midwest Monster Fest presents Fabio Frizzy. He'll be performing live, um, live score to The Beyond, and then followed by a set of Frizzy to Fulci at the Rock Island Brewing Company. In Rock Island, Illinois. Sunday, November 17th. Um, eight, 8 o'clock at night. It is 18 and older's, older. Um, <laughs> door is at 7 o'clock. And then the show will start at 8. Um, so, that's going to be a not-to-miss show. Um. Fabio Frizzi has done uh, a few scores to Lucio Fulci's films. Ironically, he will not be uh, the composer to Enigma, but um, nonetheless, he's done a few, like uh, City of the Living Dead, The Beyond, um, just, you know, some other ones, uh, Zombie or Zombie 2, however you want to say. Um, so that that's going to be an awesome show. And uh, then also I wanted to mention 36 Horror Films and Midwest Monster Fest will be presenting 12 Hours of Terror 7. This is their seventh time. Um, once a year around uh halloween time or october i should say they do 12 hours of terror which is 12 hours of horror movies uh, this will take place at Roz talks in rock island illinois sunday october 27th from 11 a.m to 11 p.m some of the films are spider baby or the maddest story ever told whatever title you prefer <laughs> Um, Trilogy of Terror, Dog Soldiers, Cemetery Man, more films are to be announced, but those are the ones that they are letting everybody know off the bat what they're going to be showing. Um, I went to one one time, I didn't stay the full 12 hours, but uh, I did get to see some films in it. It's a pretty good time. 
once a month, they put on the uh, free horror movie night at Roz Talk. So if you can't make it to this one next month, they're going to be having something else going on. So always be on the lookout for those. I mean, the admission is is pretty good. I mean, it's free. You just show up there and you get in. You get to watch all these awesome cult movies. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, you can find them on Facebook at uh, 36 Horror Film Club. And I'm sure Midwest Monster Fest will be posting um, some posts about that too. So go to their page. They also do uh, horror movie... Com- <laughs> Not horror movie convention, but like a horror convention. Um, Their first one was last September, and it was awesome. They had a Texas Chainsaw Massacre reunion. Um, Wyatt Weed, he was the board predator in Predator 2. Um, One of the guys from The Walking Dead was there. I mean, it was was a good time. And uh, from the sounds of it, they plan on doing another one next year. I'm guessing probably around the same time. So if you're from the Midwest and you want to go to a different horror convention that isn't Days of the Dead or Flashback, look up Midwest Monster Fest. And I believe their website is MidwestMonsterFest.com. And they, you know, they'll they'll post more information and there's just, you know, other stuff about... um, what they're going to be having there, vendors, film festivals, uh, all kinds of stuff. And like I said, they're on Facebook as well. So if you just go on their website or Facebook, you can find out more information on that. So with that stuff out of the way, we're going to get into what is Enigma this is a Fulci film and that was made later in his twilight years of filmmaking <clears throat> towards the end of his uh filming career my opinion it's not his best work um there's definitely some some cool elements that uh that he put into this film i mean it's definitely got some of the signature Fulci um, you know, camera tricks, uh, just, it, it definitely feels like a Fulci film. It reminds, it reminds me of Carrie, the film Carrie, just, uh, some of the characteristics that, uh, that just plays out in this movie, but it's not Carrie. I mean, it, it's a completely different film. So, um, and I think Fulci's even cited that he got some of his uh, some of his influences was from Carrie. And then uh, some people say this movie's like Patrick. I've never seen Patrick, so I can't really shed any light on if, what the similarities are on that one. But um, <clears throat> yeah, um, so I I really don't want to blab on about Fulci uh because like his you know everybody knows his films or at least if you're into horror you know some of his movies like Zombie, Zombie 2, whatever title you want to say. 
City of the Living Dead, The Beyond, Cat in the Brain, um, House by the Cemetery. I mean, you know, he's done a lot of horror movies that, uh, people hold on to greatly and uh, appreciate his filmmaking. And then, uh, let's see. The, the film was written by Fulci and Giorgio Mariuzzo, which Mariuzzo uh, helped write The Beyond and House by the Cemetery as well. And like I said earlier, Fabio Frizzi did not do the score of this film, but Carlo Maria Cordio did the uh, composing to this movie. And if you're not familiar with his work, he did uh, um, soundtracks for Troll 2, Pieces, Absurd, The Curse 2, Witchery, Crawlers, um, a.k.a. Troll 3, if you want to add that into that series. Um, Bruno Mattei's Shocking Dark, a.k.a. Italian Terminator. That's <laughs> what I call it. Um, Zombie 5. And another Fulci film, so- Sodoma's Ghost. Sorry if I butchered that. And just so many other Italian horror movies to name. I, and the list just goes on. But uh, we might even go back to him on another episode just because he's done so much. But... We're going to talk about Enigma, so I hate to just carry on about a specific person. Um, <clears throat> the cinematography to this movie, Luigi Sicarici, sorry if I butchered your name. Um, he also did uh, cinematography for Zombie 4, Demonia, which is another Lucci film. <laughs> Lucci, oh my god. <laughs> Fulci. <laughs> I can't even talk today. Um, Cruel Jaws, Scalps, and just, just some other horror movies in Italian films. Some of the notable casts. Um, I didn't want to get too crazy with this, but uh, I wanted to mention uh, Jared Martin. He played as Dr. Robert Anderson in this film. He was also in Westworld. Um, he was in, he's been in a few other Italian movies, but... Uh, I wasn't really familiar with them, so I'm not going to mention anymore. And then we got uh, Laura Lamberti, who plays as Ava in the movie. She was in... uh, I've never seen it, but I think it's pronounced Red Sanja. It's an Arnold Schwarzenegger film, like uh, Conan the Barbarian. I don't even know if it's even tied in with that. I'm not really familiar with that film. I'm sure some of you guys could could tell me, yeah, man, it's it's part of that series. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, she's also in A Blade in the Dark, which is another horror film. And then I know I'm going to butcher this name. Her name is Yuli Reinhaler. Sorry. Um, she plays as Jenny Clark in this film, and she was also in Zombie 3. So that's why I wanted to mention her, because of the... The, the tie-ins with uh, her, you know, uh, Fulci's films. Um, so, yeah, I mentioned that 
Fultz acknowledged the influence of Carrie while making the film. And he said that uh, it's one of his best films in recent years, which I'm not going to argue with that. Um, it's towards the end of his career. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was making, you know, like, you know, his earlier stuff was some of the greatest stuff, like Zombie, City of the Living Dead, um, New York Ripper. Um, you know, just th those were some of his masterpieces. So for him saying that this is one of his best films in recent years, I'm not going to argue with that. Because, I mean, this movie was was pretty good. Um, I wouldn't say it was his best, but uh, so there there is some scenes in this movie where this just the, the snail scene... <laughs> Specifically, was something you've never this something has never seen before. It's it's crazy, but um, yeah. So Enigma was shot in Saravejo, and uh, which is not in the United States. Um, this this movie takes place in Boston, Massachusetts, but. You can definitely tell this was not filmed in Boston. And uh, this is a dubbed movie, so none of them are speaking English at all. <laughs> so, yes, this is an Italian film, for sure. But, um, let's see. So, this movie... Bear with me for a second. This movie you can find on Amazon Prime. I did find a version on YouTube. There's actually a couple versions um, with different languages. But, um, and then uh, physical copies, I don't know. Um, those are kind of harder to find. So I was just able to find a streaming version of it. And, uh, yeah, so that's how I watched it. Um, this movie got a a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Letterboxd gave it a 2.6 out of 5. And then IMDb gave it a 5 out of 10. So it's, it's about a 50% a viewer's... Um, likability. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, it's so it's it's about a fifty-fifty eh, chance people like it. Um, some people hate it. Some people love this movie. So it's just it, it's one of those movies like I wouldn't seek out to buy it. If you're just a casual horror fan, this is more for seasoned horror viewers. Um, if you're like a Lu Lucio Fulci completist, you definitely want to have this in your collection. Um, but it, it's it's one that you're going to have to actually search for to find. You can't just go to just a regular video store and just pick this up. You're going to actually have to probably order this online.
But anyways, we're going we're gonna to get right into this movie now. Um, so this, this place, <laughs> uh, pretty much, uh, this is going to take place at St. Mary's College. It's a boarding school for girls located just outside of Boston. And there's this lonely, unattractive student named Kathy. And she becomes the center of a cruel, practical joke penetrated by a gang of students. And uh, so the movie starts out where she is getting dressed up to go on this date. And she's all excited for it. And uh, and <laughs> she's going on this date with, uh, I guess they say he's like a good looking hunky, uh, he's the gym teacher. So, in today's standards, this is probably something that uh, is not really, I don't know what, what to say, it's probably not taken well in public, in a public setting. I mean, it's it's kind of taboo, like, you know, you're not supposed to be dating your gym teacher. Um, but uh, this this movie, they they go that far, so... They uh, they go on this date um, to to like a the a wooded area, I guess, and uh, she she's tricked into going on this date. But when she's over eagerly makes her move on him, like she she wants to be with him, and she doesn't know what's about to happen, so she's trying to get on to him. And, uh, there's other students in other cars just kind of, I guess, spying on them or just, you know, they're, they're spying, stalking, like they're in the woods there. It's, it's a big joke, right? So they're in their cars and, uh, then all of a sudden they'd all turn on their lights and, uh, start getting on the car hooting and hollering and stuff. And this, you know, they're playing a joke on her and, she, Kathy gets upset. She gets out of the car and is running, crying. And uh, all of a sudden, she runs onto this busy street. And then all of a sudden, this car just hits her. And she's immediately, or immediately put into a coma. And uh, then it just kind of goes straight to a uh, scene, goes straight to a hospital where Kathy's mother's there. And, uh, she, she works for the school, their college, whatever, is it his college? I want to say it's a college. I don't think it's a high school. Anyways, um, she, she's actually like the janitor that works there. And, uh, so basically how Kathy was able to be in this school was because her mom was the janitor and it was kind of like one of those things where she is only in the school because her mom works as a janitor. So it's kind of like a payment kind of type deal. And she is one creepy mom. Uh, <laughs> she looks like she's possessed just walking around this 
um, college or high school, whatever it is. If it's a private school, I don't know exactly. But um, then all of a sudden, since now she's put into a coma, there's a new girl that arrives, and her name's Ava Gordon. And she pretty much just takes place of Laura. And this is where I had a hard time following because it was almost as if Kathy is now Ava. So there's some scenes of Ava walking up to the school and it would just kind of like flash Kathy on the screen as Ava's walking like to take Ava's place. And so it would kind of go back and forth. There's Kathy, there's Ava, there's Kathy, there's Ava. So it gives you the information that Kathy is now Ava. So somehow she's telepathically, like telekinesis, magic, something is there to where she's now taken over Kathy. Like not... All the time. It's just like whenever she wants to become her, she becomes her. And so it's it's, it's kind of weird to, to follow. But, I mean, when you're watching the movie, it just kind of clicks together. Um, so the, the first kill is she lures... Um, Mr. Vernon, who is the the, the gym teacher, and uh, she lures him to, you know, and this is Ava now, but Kathy is, you know, like I said, is kind of taking over Ava. So Ava gets the gym teacher to a secret rendezvous, and then he is attacked and strangled by his own reflection when it jumps out of a mirror. And then uh, the following morning, the police detectives are on the scene, which the police detective is Lucio Fulci. He is the the detective in the movie. And uh, he says that Mr. Vernon had died of a heart attack. Then the following night, uh, another girl an antagonist that was a part of the um the hazing or teasing of Kathy, you know, that the helped set up the the date. Um she is attacked in her bed and she is suffocated to death by an onslaught of snails that appear then disappear. And the police have no explanation about why she died. Now, this scene did not make fucking sense to me. I'm like, it's it's a scene you have to watch, but it did not make sense to me because I don't know if there was some some kind of magnetic force that Kathy had put on her to where she couldn't move, but this seemed to me like she's laying in bed asleep and... She she's in the nude. I mean, of course they had to have a scene like that. But all of a sudden these snails appear and they're all over her body a little at a time and then as the scene progresses more and more appear. But in the middle of these snails all over her body, she wakes up and is like, you know, 
yelling and crying out. But I'm thinking, can't she just get up and shake these fucking snails off? I mean, it just didn't make sense to me. She just kind of laid there screaming and just let them, I guess, suffocate her. Because eventually her whole body is just covered in these snails. So that that didn't add up to me. I mean, there has to be something there where caused her to not get up. Because otherwise there's no reason why she couldn't live through that. Um, Alright, I'm spending a lot of time on here. Um... Try not to make these episodes super long, so I was trying to think of maybe having these like half hour episodes, so I'm already at 24 minutes. I need to try to wrap this up. Um, so there, there's a lot of dialogue that happens in between some of the, the characters in the movie, and uh. Um, let's see. Um, then, uh, it, it kind of goes back to, um, uh, the, the neurologist that's in charge of Kathy where, you know, she's in a coma. So, uh, this is where we see Dr. Robert Anderson and he notices that Kathy's vital signs are increasing in step with each mysterious deaths that are happening at the school. So somehow he's just, he's kind of putting all the pieces together when, you know, he's kind of going out on a whim really. Cause that's kind of like, how are you going to, how could you just put this together? But I mean, it's a movie, so I'm not gonna, um, question its logic, but, uh, he can't really make a connection to it, but he's, he just thinks there's something there. And uh, the next morning, Dr. Anderson is called to the school to examine Ava when she has a violent breathing fit during excuse me, during uh, class. During the same time, Kathy's respirator resp- temporarily breaks down, which leads to Ava's respiratory attack. So, again, this is how they're connected, too. But nobody makes any connection to it. Afterward, the strange Ava comes to or comes on to Doctor Anderson, leading him to ask her on a date. Where afterwards she seduces him. During a field trip to a local art gallery, Grace, another one of Kathy's tormentors, returns to the gallery in which closes to search for valuable piece of jewelry that she left behind on the visit. So she comes back later after hours to try to find it. And then this is where a marble statue comes to life and falls down on her and, and he and he crushes her to death. But as he's as he came to life, he kind of grabs her and like crushes her with his arm. So it was kind of cool to see a statue come to life. Um I did want to say there was a really cool cinematic scene during that where She's looking up in this painting is dripping out blood through the painting and it, it just it looks it just looks cool how the blood is dripping through. So uh I did like that. And then uh Dr. Anderson starts to become more apprehensive about the intense Ava. So one evening he suffers a horrible nightmare as she kills him after sex. 
Then he's relieved when Ava's mother arrives at the school to take her home for some rest. So, you know, it didn't really actually happen. He was dreaming it, but it it was pretty intense for him. Then uh, Ava begins to write obsessive love notes to him, but he brushes them off. Soon, Anderson becomes involved with another girl named Jenny Clark, who is Yuli Reinhalder from Zombie 3. Uh, <laughs> the only student who shows him any remorse for the prank gone wrong against Kathy. Then uh, <clears throat> Ava runs away from home and returns to school after dark. Ava sets her eyes on Kim, one of Kathy's cruelest tormentors. As Kathy is preparing to meet her boyfriend, Tim, for a date, Ava makes Kim see horrific visions of Tim being decapitated at every turn. And uh, this scene was kind of confusing because she sees her boyfriend's head decapitated and like the uh, special effects are pretty cool. But it makes sense that she was making her see him in visions because she saw him, she would shriek and then run out the other door and she would go to another room and it would be like the same guy there. The same, uh, Tim was there in like four or five different rooms. So, and at first I thought, are those different people? Cause they look like, the, it looks like the same freaking body, but apparently it was just visions and, um, Ava was just tormenting her. So that's where it makes sense. And then, um, um, and then Kim suffers an anxiety attack. And then in attempting to flee from the gory visions, she actually falls out of a third floor window to her death. She, you know, just was too crazy for her, so she just fell out of a window. Okay. Um, Tim arrives seconds later and looks out to an open window and sees Kim lying there dead on the pavement below. Tim is decapitated when Ava commands the window blind to fall down on his head, which it's a pretty cool uh, gore scene right there. And then Ava quietly leaves the building while Kathy's mother, Mary, watches from a distance. And you think that um, Kathy's mother is going to play a big part in this, like a red herring, but she doesn't at all. So um, I don't know what some of the buildups were because the, the movie did make Kathy's mother, Mary, look like she was like going to be an antagonist or did like, some kind of ritual to make... Um, Kathy become the way she is, but that that just that never plays out. So then we finally get to where we're at the hospital. Jenny arrives for a late night date with Dr. Anderson when she gets lost in the gloomy lit building. Thanks to Ava using Kathy's magic skills of mind bending, Jenny ends up in the morgue where she encounters Ava. The possessed girl grabs a scalpel and threatens to kill Jenny for taking away her man. But Anderson arrives in time to intercept the slash of the scalpel but gets badly slashed on his forearm. As Ava rises, the scalpel 
to stab them both, she suddenly freezes and gasps for a few seconds and falls to the floor dead. Ooh. Upon in Kathy's hospital room, her mother has pulled out all of her, um, like all of her IVs and removes the respiratory respirator and uh, turns off her life support. Appalled at the supernatural malice of her comatose daughter, Mary has somehow figured out Kathy's connection to Ava and has decided to put her daughter to rest. Kathy's soul rises out of her body as a bright blue light then floats out of a nearby window and disappears into the sky. So that's kind of how the movie ends right there. Um, all you know, it, it takes her mother to pull out her life support basically. And then that's it. That ends that. Um, so yeah, that was the end of that movie. Enigma from 1987, but it was re- later released in uh, 1988 in Italy. I don't know how much this movie grossed. I couldn't really get any information on that. Um, I don't think it, it did quite well because we just it's one of, it's one of those movies we never really got to hear about. And. Um, I think that's about it. I originally planned on doing two episodes, like uh, a double feature. I was going to do the last horror film on this episode, but I think I'm just going to do this film for this episode, and then I will film the last horror film for our next episode. So I hope you guys liked this. Um, Like I said, it's my first episode, so I plan on getting better at this too so i know there's some parts i kind of stalled on this i apologize for that but this is something new for me and something that i want to try to continue to do on a regular basis so appreciate it if you guys want to follow like subscribe however um you do it on the podcast world um if you want to email me at rudehorror at gmail.com just email me for uh, future topics um, or even just uh, just reaching out and be like, hey, uh, like what, you know, just maybe just uh, comment on how I'm doing, stuff like that. I mean, I, I, I just love all you guys' feedback and just try to get better at this. But yeah, I would encourage you to email me about uh, future topics, what I need to talk about, or even questions. If you want me to answer some questions on here, that'd be cool too. Um, if you don't want to email me, you can follow me at The Root of World Horror on Instagram. You can just send me a message on there. Um, it'd probably be faster to reach me on there. But email or Instagram is, is uh, where you can reach me at. I'll put in some links below on uh, where to reach me at. And uh, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you. You have been listening to the Root Horror Podcast. If you like this content and would like to hear future episodes, please follow or subscribe. If you dare.